Hello. Hello and welcome. We're back, guys, and I feel like today already feels a shit ton smoother than the last however many times we've tried to do this. Yes, way smoother. We haven't officially dropped episode one yet, but we're like ahead of the game, Mel. We're really doing this. It's so funny. I was talking to my mother-in-law because she was over today and she's like, this is so exciting. When does it drop? And I'm like, oh, hopefully Wednesday, but it takes me 10 hours to edit like a Instagram reel clip because I'm so slow and I'm like not good at this stuff, but I'm learning. You are. And honestly, shout out to Mel because she's doing all of the editing and graphics. Like you just picked that up. That's like huge. I feel like it's uh I wish I was better at it cuz you know how you like have a vision in your head of how you want something to look? Yes. And then someone hopefully out there you can hire has the skills to do that. Yes. I find the hardest part when you're doing like content creation or whatever branding is like finding someone that understands what you want so you can communicate what you see in your mind and then they can kind of produce it that like communication always breaks down for me and I haven't really met someone that like you know yeah I know that's how I feel with YouTube sometimes and like I wish I was better at YouTube videos like editing YouTube videos you are good I I would need to learn I need to like properly learn I I feel like I was thinking about this the other day because I was like, oh, I wonder if like when we're back together, like Courtney's going to be like vlogging and shit because I was watching uh, like girls YouTubes and they're just like in the car with their friends like I know talking shit and I'm like, oh, I could see her like doing that, you know, you just need to do it more. I know the vlogging and like the YouTube, the filming is not the hard part for me. It's the editing and I just like computer stuff, editing. I know I just need to learn it. It's like this, you know, like, but you're just like figuring it out. Yeah. But the more that you, yeah, the more that you do and the more that you edit, the better you'll get. Yeah. Or you can find someone to do it for you. I know. But it's that like, it doesn't, you know, you have like the vision and that it just doesn't. I know. So Mel's killing it. She did the logo. She's doing all the (laughs) graphics. I just texted her before this. I was like, damn girl, that reel you just put together, like you're good. Yeah. That that was like, at first I edited that with us in it. Yeah. And like the video quality was so trash. And everyone that I follow on Instagram, their video quality on their reels is like so crisp and they look so good. And I'm like, oh, I'd rather just not even post video because- I don't know. It's not as good. I agree with you until we get the like audio actual camera, camera footage. Yeah. For sure. But, the, so but Mel, the audio is good. So yeah, that's all that matters. People can actually hear. You guys can hear us. And like, it's not like our first episode. The one that <laughs> isn't our really our first episode. The one we tried <laughs> to make our first episode. And <laughs> I wasn't even recorded. Yeah. First, Courtney was echoing. And then next, we had a conversation for an hour that wasn't even recording Courtney's mic. So Yeah. So it was just Mel talking to herself. That's okay. We did not launch that, but here we are back for episode two. Episode two. How are you feeling? How did you feel after the first episode? I felt great. Honestly, even this like feels better. Like I feel 
still a little like, ooh, anxious. Like this is, you know, just a big deal for us, but way more lax now that we got like our feet wet. It's like, all right, time to jump in here. How do you feel? Good. Honestly, it's, I didn't really, maybe this is like true alignment, but I didn't really overthink it. Yeah. I just was like, oh, let's just do it and post it. And then I kind of started seeing the response, like, I mean, we haven't even launched the episode yet, but like, it's not like it's huge or anything, but I'm seeing like, especially from you and your followers, like these like huge fitness influencers that are like commenting and reposting. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I know it's probably nothing to you because like you are one of them, but like to me, I was, I was like, what the fuck? Whitney Simmons commented like, let like on your, on the the picture of you. And, and I was like, this is, she's like a, a huge deal. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or the, the KK yeah. fit twins. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I saw that people are hyped for it though. They're like, but oh, then I, I was like, so good. I was like, holy shit. Like, I kind of forget how like well-known you are. No, because though. to me, I know I'm just, not in a bad way. Like just, I've been around this. No, you're, you're like extremely, industry. um, professional in terms of like content creation and influencing and whatever. And I'm just really like, as Christopher says, I'm like the mom on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know oh, really. Perfect. Yeah. But I, I just forget. Cause like, to me, you're just you, you know, like, I know I need to tell you something though. That's actually really funny. So our last episode, you told me, remember, I mean, you said it in a nice way, but it's true. I said it too. Like my, my social media kind of feels like surface now. Like it's a little yeah. bit, a yeah, little yeah. bit surface. I don't want, you know, want to offend people. I don't know what I'm like posting, you know, it used to be a lot. Oh my God, do we have the same water bottle? Stop. Is yours the soft one? Yes. Oh my Is God, yours? I hate us. I hate us too. <laughs> you guys, we, we haven't we haven't seen each other in, I don't even know how long, I don't even want to say, and we end up with the same fucking Stanley. Literally. I hate oh, us. We're the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, but back to this. So Right. We said this last time, like I'm having a little bit difficult time showing up on social media, la-di-da-di-da. So mm-hmm. I go to this event this past weekend and I did like a small woman's panel. Oh, yeah. And, I was going to yeah. ask you how that went. Yeah, it was really good. I was nervous. I was you really nervous. You fucking... Mm, those I pants? You, the outfit? I, I was like, my those. fucking bitch. Like I was so... <laughs> I, I, had a, I, was I had so, a Mel swag. Tight oh, top, you, huge pants. Yes. It was, it was a vibe. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I love you. But okay. We talked on this woman's panel and I kind of, it was like a brief, like, Hey, share a bit of like your story. So I had to like condense my story with health, fitness, when I got sick, all the things within like five minutes. Mm -hmm. And they, the audience kind of like asked some questions, um, or Vince who was leading it, like was asking questions. And then after the event, there was like this, like, gala dinner thing. I didn't go to it, but I was coming back from a dinner out in Miami and this girl stops me and she was super sweet and she was she was drinking a little bit, but she was extremely kind and nice and she's like, "Hi Courtney, like I followed you for a while and you know, hearing like you in the audience, you have like so much to say, but I feel like your Instagram you don't portray that." And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, you just don't. And I said, is it kind of like surface? And she's like, yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh. And then I had this like realization, like what, 
like, would I want to follow me on social media if I was mm -hmm. someone else? Would like, you? No, I wouldn't because it is like very surface right now. I can't lie. I don't really like following you. What? Mel, don't tell me you have me muted. I will beat your ass. I don't. Absolutely not. Because you don't like post enough. But I have, I I said I to, I said to Leah the other day, I said, um, I don't even really see your stuff because I don't think I like engage with it. So yeah. it doesn't come. Mm. And I don't know if it's because like I get the real you. So I don't like, I don't know, but it's just like. It's, I know. I know. Listen, I was How watching crazy. a I was watching a YouTuber when I was doing cardio this morning and she was going through the same thing as you. She was like, I feel like I'm still myself. She's like, I'm not fake, but I feel yeah. like the way that I move lately, especially on social media, is just overthought. So it's not authentic. She's like, you guys see like one side of me and my like Instagram's so aesthetic and it like matches and it looks great. And she's like, but then there's like this whole other side of me, which is like goofy and silly and funny and stupid that like nobody even knows ex exists. I know. And yeah. like, it's kind of crazy, you know? Yeah, it is. So I just thought that was like funny how we talked about that on the podcast. And then this girl comes up to me after like hearing me speak for five minutes and probably following my journey from before when I was a lot more vulnerable and open to mm -hmm. just kind of being more like shut off and her mm -hmm. noticing that. She's like, mm -hmm. you're not like like that on social media. Like you just, it's very, and I was like surface and she's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So wow. Yeah. But what, what a beautiful compliment that she like saw the real you like showing yeah. up just like as yourself speaking to a group and she like responded so like positively to that yeah yeah she was super sweet no I know I I and I like really appreciated that it gave yeah. me like it was different from obviously like love respect your opinion you're like my sister but this is uh -huh. like a complete stranger you know I didn't uh -huh. even know her but, yeah so for her to notice that it was like whoa it's not like mm -hmm. someone close to me noticing that yeah so it's, it's just it, like wow you're you're right it's different like people that because like even I get it sometimes from my friends like I'll like post or something and then I'll see them and I'll be like, oh my God, I'm really struggling. I'm having like whatever body image issues. And they're like, well, mm -hmm. you look like you're living the fucking life on Instagram. And I'm like, exactly. well, yeah, sorry. Like it's, it, it happens to everybody. Yeah, I know. But Mel, let's huh. shift gears and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a big topic for you. This is yeah. huge. I obviously know what we're about to talk about. And I have questions for you. <laughs> like, I got to prepare some questions for Mel. I do, you guys. They're right here. I oh, my questions. God. She's interviewing me. And I, for, But obviously, like, I want you to just take this from the heart. Like, and we can get to these at the end, you know, if we even get there. Like, this is your time to talk about what you're about to talk about. So I don't want to, like, take – I don't want to take your time. So let's – Let's jump into it. Yeah, I feel like it's uh, – I really wanted to do this early on our journey with Giver because, I mean, I guess I made the decision, honestly, probably like a few weeks before we even decided to really um, start the podcast, seriously. And uh, I mean, I've spoken about it with a lot of people that I've seen and 
because uh, people care. People like ask how you're doing, what you're up to, what's your next show, like what's the plan for the year. And um, I'm the type of person, I was talking to Ian and his mom about this early, earlier, I like can't not overshare. I am like the biggest oversharer ever. So if someone comes up to me, they're like, oh, how are you? I'm like, you really want to know because I'll fucking tell you. Yeah. So you're very straight I, up. Yeah, I wanted to kind of use the podcast to like share. Um, I wanted to share like my decision and the plans for my future um, on here because I think I have to, it's, I need to explain where I'm coming from and I hope it resonates with other women, especially in the, I mean, really in the bodybuilding industry. I'm sure women in the fitness industry or any like really high perform performance like position is going to understand too. I mean, I don't know. People aren't even going to probably know, but I used to compete as a figure competitor. Professionally for how many years? Well, I started when I was 23 as an amateur and I won my pro card, uh, at 24. Um, so 24 until 29. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Five years. I can, yeah. I competed as a pro. Um, honestly, I started bodybuilding because of my husband, Ian. Mm-hmm. I feel like I started training with him. Um, and I really fell in love with figure, but like I fell in love with figure back then. So like Nicole Wilkins, Aaron Stern, um, just like beautiful muscular women, but still very feminine, focusing a lot on kind of like long lean muscle, like very, I don't know, just like my vibe. Yeah. Um, and I started training with Ian and obviously there's some genetic component cause I put on muscle very easily and he kind of like, was like, you could be really good at this. Like this is like something that you could do. So I decided to compete with him and I like literally fell in love with it. Mm. I loved everything about it. I loved how it made me feel. I loved training hard, training heavy. I loved being strong. I was like stronger than every other girl. And it was like an ego boost. I was like, (laughs) oh, I'm so badass. Like, you know, all this stuff. And um, I was successful like really, really quickly. And I think... I got addicted to that too. You know, you get it. You know this. You won the Olympia. You get addicted to winning. Mm, Yeah. Just like success and it happens fast and it's kind of like you just – you're just coasting. It's easy. You're high. Not not easy, but like you also have like a beautiful body, genetically gifted. You're kind of just like you just coast. You're young. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, it's Mm – yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And – so you get addicted. You get addicted to this sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so hard. I should have thought about how I kind of want to like format this. I probably developed some sort of body dysmorphia after I would honestly say not until I won my like was competing as a pro. I think when I was an amateur, I still was like pretty okay. Like I was still like, oh, I'm gaining muscle. I'm so happy. Like I'm like I was like 
into it in in a healthy way. Yeah. And then when I started competing as a pro, I started to get like this strange body dysmorphia of every time that I gained a little bit of body fat, I would feel like I was gigantic, like huge, like, and I'm not talking about like actually like gaining a lot of weight. I would like to gain five pounds and I would feel like I blew up. Yeah. And then I kind of got into this cycle of like, I would feel huge. So then I would start, I would stop wanting to go to the gym because I didn't feel worthy of even being in the gym. Cause I'm like, you're a pro, you shouldn't look like this. And then I would stop being nice to myself. I would stop treating my body with love and I would continue to gain weight. And then I was basically just living in this like self-fulfilling prophecy of extreme Mm self-sabotage. And to fix that, I would just start a prep again. And then I would go on an extreme restrictive diet and I would, I would lose all the weight. It, It wasn't like it, it always worked. You know what I mean? That was yeah. just, and then I would start feeling better. And then yeah. mentally was I was a lot okay. of control. Mm-hmm. You started the sport young, you got into mm-hmm. it, you fell in love with it because of how it made you feel. And then you kind of start riding the wave. The pressure comes in of, you know, you gotta be, now you're, a pro, now you're a pro, you gotta look this certain way. So you have this extreme body image issue, body dysmorphia, uh, you know, the food cycle of how you kind of self-soothe mm-hmm. a lot of people, me included. No, and I, then, that's like a for sure big thing that I, I honestly still struggle with to this Sometimes day, me yeah. too. Yeah. And then, you, yeah. and then you go back to the control, jumping back on a plan, getting back mm-hmm. on a diet. Mm-hmm. So when was your last show? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what because I kind of remember it right around the wedding. I met you right around when you got married, which was yeah. November 2018. Yeah. And then after that, things kind of started to change for you. A lot. Yeah. I had a very long season in 2018, very successful season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also wasn't really like loving the way I looked, if I'm being completely honest. Really? So at the at the 2018 Olympia, when you were there with your brother, Ian was there, right? Mm-hmm. You you just were kind of like you were super lean, girl. I lean. Was kinda, yeah, I was kind of grossed out by myself. Really? Yeah. Just because it was just like long preps, you got really, 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 really tiny. I remember liking feeling that I was small. I'm not going to lie. I remember yeah. being like, oh my God, I'm a size 24. Like, this is fucking amazing. You know, like, um, how we attach ourselves to these numbers. Oh my God. It's like the scale, the size, the scale. Yeah. Well, it's and so- I, I, I was under 140 pounds for the first time since I was probably in high school. Like, mm. So I saw, I saw, I saw 138 on the scale. I had, I was like wearing extra smalls, like these, these things that honestly are, are not normal or natural for the size of my body. Even when I was young and I wasn't super, like I was always muscular, but I wasn't this, this muscular. Um, but I did get attached to that. 
But I also remember like seeing like so many veins and like I couldn't even sit on a bench and wait for a cab because I had no body fat on my butt. It was hurting. You know what I mean? Wow. Like all these things that I I was like weirded out by, but I also was so happy that I was small. And then I did a photo shoot with Christopher for fuck I don't even know what magazine was it like a magazine or something you guys shot for yeah maybe it was it wasn't muscular development I don't even I don't know what it was we we shot um the day after the Olympia and I was scared because we had ate so much junk food the night before you know what I mean and uh we shot and they didn't use the pictures or or he was on the cover alone. I don't think I was on the cover with him. Um, and I, I, they never really told me, but I think they might have told Christopher. Um, I was too lean. I was leaner than Christopher, and I think my face looked kind of scary. Really? Yeah. And I didn't even see it at the time. And now I look back at those pictures and I'm like, whoa, that's like really a, a harsh look. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like for people that don't follow bodybuilding, like mm-hmm. the the extent for a woman to get that lean, mm-hmm. I don't – if if you haven't like competed at all or let alone compete professionally, it's mm-hmm. a – it takes a it, – it takes a lot. Like mm-hmm. in ex- it's very extreme, an extreme. I don't want to just say even like low calorie because yes, okay, it's an extreme sport. You know, it is what it is. It's fine. It. I mean, you're choosing to do it. I did it too. It's an extreme. You mm-hmm. have to diet your ass off, train your ass off. It's not like you're like an athlete where you can train really hard, but then go, you know, eat refuel. a ton of calories and refuel and like feed your body. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're feeding your body, but like. You got to mm-hmm. to get that lean, especially as a woman like you did, Melissa, mm-hmm. competing in that division, it's a whole, whole nother level. So it can really fuck you up. Let's be honest. It can mm-hmm. really start to physically mm-hmm. fuck you up and then mentally how you see yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, And listen, I didn't place very well at that Olympia. My feedback was that I was too lean. Yeah. Um, but I think – I was too lean because I stopped seeing myself accurately. Wow. I just kept thinking like push, push, push and like get smaller and you'll, it'll be better because I wasn't actually even seeing that I like was already there literally 10 pounds ago. Um, so it kind of fucked with me. And then I got married and even at my wedding, I thought I thought that I was fat. I yeah, this is like when I just met you, and I feel like I remember you telling me this after, and I'm mm-hmm. like, girl, like what? Because mm-hmm. at this point, I'm I'm very much out of the sport, so I'm seeing like a competitor, you know, two months after a show, and you still were like so tiny and tight and your everything like everything your arms your back like your whole dress your whole back was showing it was like you were very small but in your mind it's like this body dysmorphia right like you mm-hmm. are literally like i'm huge i'm overweight i it's just like wow mm-hmm. it's it takes a long time to recover from 
that. And I think it's something, it's like a work in progress. Like I still have it. You still have it. Like it's maybe not mm-hmm. to the extreme, mm-hmm. but at that mm-hmm. point it was very extreme. It was. Yeah, it was. Um, I think after my wedding too, I was a little bit depressed. Mm. I feel like I had a year full of highs and like dopamine highs and then the wedding, which was a high, and then it was all over. And I just felt really like there was nothing to look forward to. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I feel like – I think a lot of women honestly get post-wedding blues. And then on top of that, I felt guilty for feeling that because I was like, oh, my God, my husband's going to think that I'm – depressed because I married him yeah. and I'm like regretting the decision. And that's obviously not at all what it was. No. Um, and again, my solution for my down feelings was to prep for a show. And Ian, who is what we had, I think we had been married for four days maybe. <laughs> and he's also my body. He was my coach when I competed so I said to him, I want to do, I want to apply for the Arnold. And he was like, I strongly advise against that. Like you've been on prep for a long time. Um, your body needs a break. Your mind needs a break. Like our relationship needs a break. And I'm very, very stubborn. Like I was just like, no, this is what I need to do. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And I, I applied for the Arnold and I, I think you, I didn't hear back until like December 10th. So there was probably about two to three weeks where I was waiting to hear back. And I, I knew I was going to get accepted. I knew I was. There was no way I wasn't going to. I yeah. had won a really big show the year before. I had been to the Olympia. Um, but I, I didn't start dieting. I just continued to eat like shit and not, you know what I mean? And I ended up gaining a bunch of weight. I think I was 175 pounds when I started prepping for the Arnold. So I had been 138 in at the Olympia, which was like, I guess that's September, right? Yeah, September. So then by the time like the beginning of December rolled around, I was 175 pounds and I knew I had 10 weeks before the Arnold. So I had 10 weeks to get back down to 140. And I just calculated that I would have to lose about three to four pounds a week. And I like freaked out. I just completely shut down. I was like so scared and so stressed. And we, I started, I, I, Ian didn't prep me for that show. I honestly did all my own stuff. I didn't even let him look at me. I started off zero carb, zero fat, and two hours of cardio a day and a training session every day. And that's what I did. And I just, I was a complete zombie for the entire 10 weeks. I didn't get on the scale once. I didn't look at my body once. I didn't, I always trained in a t-shirt and pants. Um, I just was like, I don't even, I, I think back now and I'm like, what the fuck were you doing? Like getting ready for this massive bodybuilding show, just like act with your head in the sand. Yeah. And, uh, I was, I just, oh my God, I remember being so depressed. I couldn't even wake up in the morning sometimes. And like, 
I would, I would sleep until like 10 o'clock. I would nap. I would, I slept so much. Like I was just like, my body was just so, and my mind so, so, so bad. And I did that show and I looked awful. I came dead last and I don't think I'd ever been more embarrassed in my entire life. I was embarrassed for myself, but I was honestly mostly embarrassed for my brother and for my husband. And all I thought about was that like these two people that I love so much that like all I want to do is like make them proud are standing in the audience watching me literally shit the bed and people are going to come up to them and they're going to have to acknowledge that like I looked like shit and that I was just so embarrassed. I was, I can't even explain the shame that I felt. Um, I think I locked myself in the hotel room after that. And then eventually we went out to dinner and I, I don't even remember processing any emotions. I just remember being like, Oh, well, fuck it. It sucks. And then like eating my feelings realistically. I was there for that show. Yeah. Do you remember? Like, how was I? Do you even remember? I don't even remember anything. After the show, you were bit, you were just shut off. Like you Mm -hmm. were shut off because we went to dinner that night Mm -hmm. and we didn't even like bring it up, talk about it. I think there was a huge, um, like, I don't want to say this to offend you, but it's you. Mm. But I feel like there was a huge front that was put up kind of just like a, like a front of just like numbing, complete Mm -hmm. numbing. Mm -hmm. And I also remember that prep because I was in Canada like for your wedding and then like a while after and Christmas and all the things. And I remember before you got accepted, but you put in your letter because the Arnold, you have to be invited. You have to be Well, you send an invitation and then they either accept you or they deny you. And you knew like you had a great season, you were going to do it, but you were also kind of like, correct me if I'm wrong, Mel, but a little self-destructive in those three weeks with Mm -hmm. how you treated your body. Mm -hmm. It's kind of was like, oh fuck, I have to start this prep again where I know I have to suffer, eat nothing, Mm -hmm. push to an extreme. So let me mask this with like no gym you know, the food, the stuff. So mm-hmm. then you get to this weight, right? Which mm-hmm. I didn't even like notice. Cause I didn't really, I mean, I just met you, you know, like I just met you. And again, you were very covered, like all the things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you went into this complete shutdown mode. I remember seeing you at the gym, like no talking to Mel. She's on the treadmill, like pretty much sprinting. Like that's how fast you would walk on the stairs, mm-hmm. training, get to the Arnold. You do this, you come last you feel humiliated. Mm-hmm. And then that brings you to March, April, right? Like 29, now we're in 2019. Mm-hmm. And this is when you hit like your rock bottom, mm-hmm. right? This is when you were like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I literally processed none of my feelings after that show. I, we got home back to Canada. We moved into our new house and I just, I don't even know. I think, I don't think I ever left the house. I wasn't even like really changing my clothes. I wasn't really showering. Um, 
I remember I started watching Game of Thrones and I would just like sit in the basement and like binge watch Game of Thrones and eat pounds of chocolate. Like all I would do is eat. And uh, I got so fucking depressed. I just, I, I hated myself so much. I couldn't look in the mirror. I was wearing Ian's clothes. Um, I was, I was doing nothing to take care of myself. Like I wasn't even washing my face. I was probably brushing my teeth. That was it. Like it was just like, so, and I remember, um, we live with, uh, Dylan, Ian's best friend. And he kind of looked at Ian and says, was like, it's Melissa. Okay. Like I've never really seen her like this. And then Ian's buddy came over once and then he came over again, like two weeks later. And he said the same thing. He was like, is Melissa okay? Like I've been here twice and she's like wearing the same clothes and like, she's not like herself at all. And I don't know how long that went on for. Cause Ian was getting ready for Toronto. So he was doing Toronto pro in June and, um, it went on for a long time. Cause I remember not almost not going to Toronto I remember saying to Ian, like, I don't know if I can come to your show because I can't be, I can't be in public. I miss my best friend's engagement party because I couldn't go in public. Um, I stopped talking to my family, my friends, like I stopped talking to Ian. Like we were just like coexisting in the house. And uh, I ended up, I ended up going to Toronto and uh, a lot of people were asking if I was pregnant a lot of wow. people were like very strange to me. You know what I mean? Like they'd be like, Oh, hi, how are you? You look um, healthy or like, mm. I, th- I thought you were pre- like, just like very, like so uncomfortable, which was just making me feel worse. Um, and then we got back home and it was kind of more of the same, but eventually Ian kind of, he got home from the gym one day and he, it was like, I don't know, 4.30 and I was already in bed, like to go to sleep for the night, you know, like I was done. And he like walked into the, to the bedroom and he was like, listen, I don't know what the fuck is going on and I don't know what you need from me, but I can't do this for much longer. He was like, you are not the person that I married. You are not the woman that I fell in love with. And like, there needs to be a change here. And I obviously got like super, super defensive. Yeah. I was like, fuck you. Uh, I've supported you for the last six years. You can't even support me through a few months of a depression. Like, if you can't, if you can't love me through this, then I don't want to be with you anyways. Like so defensive. And he kind of was like, I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you that you're not going to wake up one morning and magically feel better. It's not just like one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, Oh, I feel happy today. He's like, you need to do something. You need to try and you need to start taking action or else this will stay the same. And if this is how you want to live for the rest of your life, you can do that. But I'm sorry, this is not what I signed up for. And I I think we slept in separate rooms that night. Yeah. Because I was so – I just – all I heard was rejection. Yeah. All I heard was like, 
all of the things that I was feeling about myself that he was now feeling them too. And he had, he wanted nothing to do with me and I wanted nothing to do with myself. And, uh, I think it was the next day I woke up and I was more calm and I kind of heard what he said, what, like I heard what he said, not it through my emotions, but like what he actually meant. Yeah. And, um, I just started, I decided to like, I don't know, start trying. So I, I bought a Peloton because I, I would not go in public. I would not go in a gym. That's for sure. Um, I had the heaviest I got, I think was 210 pounds. So I was, I was really, <laughs> I couldn't fit into any of my clothes. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. that's heavy for me. Yeah. Um, so I decided to buy a Peloton I actually went on, I think, Nike.com and I bought all new training clothes in the proper size. I was I was ordering extra, extra large because that's what fit me. Um, and I started doing Peloton and then I actually started looking for a job because I just knew that I needed some sense of purpose and some something to work towards that would make me feel worthy that I was contributing. Um, and I, I knew it needed to have nothing to do with fitness and I knew it had to have nothing to do with the way I looked. Cause honestly oh, no. I had worked at Lululemon before and that was like an amazing, I loved my job so much. I loved the women that I worked with, but like I couldn't even go back to that because I, I, I didn't want my identity or like who Mel was coming into this like new job to have anything to do with the way I looked or like my training or my fitness or anything like that, or my brother or my husband. Like I really just needed to like be a new person almost like outside of this, like self image, body image kind of vein person that I had been living yeah. as for the two years before. Yeah. And, uh, I got a job working at a pharmacy and, um, I, I swear to God, it like saved, it saved me. I just kind of like, I went for an interview and I'm like a very well-spoken, intelligent person. And I kind of did the interview and she was like, wow, well you interview really well. She's like, we're going to hire you. I hope you are as good as you interview. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, I'm not like, I'm not bullshitting. I'm not a bullshitter. I literally yeah. just am a well-spoken, intelligent person. And that helped my confidence. Um, I started working there. I learned really quickly. I became, I mean, it's not like a complicated job, but I kind of started like remembering who I was as a person yeah. and who I, my strengths and how well-rounded I am as a person, how, good I am with people, how quickly I can learn things, how smart I am, like all these things kind of started coming back to me and I started really valuing and loving myself again. And then through that, I was Pelotoning and I was kind of like falling in love with that like training feeling again. And then I started going back to the gym and 
I just very slowly started to kind of feel like my old self again. Yeah. And I don't, I honestly don't know if I could have done that without like kind of leaving the like fitness industry for a little bit and like being just like, you know, a pharmacy technician who works in Canada and like, yeah, goes home to her husband every night, you know? Totally. So what, uh, first of all, that takes so much awareness, Mel, to be able to know like, hey, I need to do something outside of my physical body, you know, not like, oh, I got to prep for another show just to feel good again. I need to, you're like, no, I, I need to like actually remove myself from this to find myself again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like not many people can do that. Like, honestly. Mm-hmm. So like, you should be so proud of yourself. I remember when I came back to Canada and like you, we were, you were going through your shit, but you, I came back and you were like falling in love with the gym again, not because you were doing a bodybuilding show or you were prepping, but you were just like, oh, I love to train again. Like your whole confidence completely came back. And that was like the Melissa I met, mm-hmm. you know, that very like grounded, confident, strong, passionate individual, but it wasn't related to how you looked. Like, yes, you started to get in really good shape, but it wasn't because you were like, I need to get in shape again to 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 love myself or to feel good, correct? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think what became like really complicated for me as I got deeper and deeper into competing. When I first started competing, I was still working at Lululemon and I was still going to university. I was still like getting my degree. So yes, there was this side of me that was competing and a very successful competitor, but there were so many other sides of my life that like were more real to me, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like school, like school School, and being smart my family going to going to work at Lululemon like moving up I became like an assistant manager at the store I made so many so many important relationships at that job like those things and like those things had nothing to do with the way I looked it Mm -hmm. all had to do with who I was as a person and that's how I that's how I grew up I was not popular in high school I was not attractive I was not like that wasn't part of my identity when I, when I came into myself, you know what I mean? Wow. So I think when I, I left, I graduated school and then I left Lululemon because I was able to just bodybuild full time. And all of me became about how I looked and how I was perceived on the outside. And it made me feel disjointed. Like I didn't feel like myself anymore. You're not in your body. Like you're literally living outside of your body. Yes, 100%. And I like, I didn't, I didn't last. I didn't even last like six months just doing that. You know what I mean? It just wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't enough for me. And I didn't, I started to like almost resent the fact that like people were only commenting on the way I looked. People would only comment like, oh, you're in such good shape. Or they would comment, you look like a dude. Or they would comment like, oh, you're so pretty. But like, I didn't even care. I like would get mad when like people would compliment the way I looked because I was like, 
who cares? Like, like I, I'm more than this. Like, yeah. I'm more than mm-hmm. how I look and how but, I appear. And yeah. But you hear that enough and then you obviously like it. Let's be serious. Yeah. And then when that part of you goes away, then you start to question your worth. Dude. And like, I, I don't live my life so people can look at me at the gym and tell me that I look ripped or that I look good. But I was. Yeah. Without even knowing it, you got into that pattern. Mm-hmm. And that is what, do you feel like that is what caused a lot of like the self-destruction within yourself? Because you were so out of tune with like, because you, 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 you didn't build your career on like what others thought of you, you know, you didn't. And like you weren't, like there were other things, like you said, your job, your friends, like that were so meaningful that had nothing to do with how you look. So when it all became about how you look, like, do you feel like that's when you really started to kind of self-destruct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like couldn't, I couldn't handle it, you know? It was almost like so much was riding on how I looked that I like couldn't, like, I don't know, I couldn't handle it. It was yeah. like too much. I'm also very bad. Not anymore. Not anymore. I used to really struggle with um confronting and feeling any any emotions that weren't that didn't feel good and i'm really good at avoiding things that don't feel good some people i think avoid things that make them feel uncomfortable that's not my issue i avoid things that don't feel like happy or positive or great and i think i i have i I developed a lot of negative coping mechanisms and ways to kind of avoid those feelings and numb those feelings. And that, uh, that kind of led to this like sort of eating disorder that would create this more negative self image issues and negative self talk. And it would just cycle and cycle and cycle down to basically my rock bottom, you know? Mel, let me ask you before we get to like where you're at now and stuff, but what would be the first steps you would tell someone if they were in a state like you like you were in? Like put yourself back in like early 2019, Melissa, that couldn't get out of bed, that was just living in like distress and numbing and no feeling and not wanting to take action. What would be the first step you would tell someone? If you could go back. Or tell yourself. Find someone that you trust, that cares about you, that won't judge you, that will ask questions and start trying to open up. Because talking through these feelings is really, for me, the only way that I was able to understand them. And until I started doing that... I, I couldn't see a way through. Yeah. I just felt I didn't, I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't, I didn't know what I was feeling or why I was feeling it. And there was no path forward for me because of that. And as soon as I actually started talking and confronting and thinking even about, well, why do I feel like this? Why am I like this? Like, what's going on? Where did this start? And like getting curious with kind of my emotions and 
not judging myself for them, just acknowledging them and trying to work through them. That was the only way that I actually felt like I could see a path. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You have to bring it to the surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like an acknowledging because you weren't for such a long time, right? Like you just, Mm -hmm. you weren't, you didn't even know how you felt. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like Ian was a big help in this? Obviously, like he kind of. I think Ian was a, a shove. Yeah. Um, It took him a long time to kind of kick me in the ass because he's a very, very empathetic person and he would never want to make someone feel worse. Yeah. Um, But I don't know if he was as emotionally intuitive back then. Or maybe he was, but he didn't really know like how to ask the questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think if I would never even get to that state now because he's so... Like if I started to, if I'm now, if I'm in a bad state and I, he asked me what's wrong and I'm like, I just feel like shit. He's like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, yes, you do. Let's figure out why. Mm. Like he's, he's more like that now, whereas back then he wasn't, but he also has learned over the last like five years. That's what I need because I am very quick to be like, well, I don't know. I just feel bad. Yeah. I'm just just having a bad day. And he's like, why? (laughs) Like, it's okay. Let's figure this out. Yeah. 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 Literally, he'll be like, it's okay. Let's just, like, if if you don't know who does, like. This is so true. Yeah. 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 Okay, Mel. So 2018 Olympia, you have your wedding, you do the 2019 Arnold, you feel humiliated, embarrassed, mm-hmm. placed at last, you, you have your moment quite a long moment after of depression, (laughs) Um, all the things you went through, body image, everything we just talked about. And then like 2020 rolls around. You're starting to feel good. You're still working at the pharmacy. You're back in shape. Mm -hmm. You guys come to Florida. No, girl. That's 2021. Shit, that was 2021. Yeah, 2020 was like pretty chill. Um. Ian had a, I, I kind of had the first half of 2020. Um, I was working at the pharmacy COVID kind of hit. So like work was really stressful for me, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't mind. I kind of liked being busy. I started putting myself out there a little bit more on social media. I was really close with Christopher at the time. He was like helping me through. He helped me, um, we did like a challenge. So I ran that and that kind of made me feel good. Um, and I was really just very slowly healing and taking care of myself. That's really all it was. There was no thought of me competing. I knew I wasn't ready yet. Um, I was losing weight very, very slowly. So like it was, I was changing, but it was, there was no rush and it was just like, it's okay. You know? Um, I was also, I had started seeing a therapist. I was seeing Jen at this point. So Mm, she was really helping me. Like, you know, you start to become more self-aware when you see a therapist, they just kind of like see things differently and help you see things differently. So I left my job at the pharmacy and basically became full-time Ian's wife, to be completely honest. And I fucking loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I love that I you became, say you love that because so yeah. many people are like, oh my God, you can't, like, you need to have your own, th-. like, which, it, yes, like, I'm all I, for that too. But, like, you guys were a fucking unit. We were That unit. Olympia, 2020 Olympia, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Beautiful. That you guys mm-hmm. were, like, solid. Yeah, we were, like, I was just so 
we were so connected, so close because we had gone through both two very like low periods and we were kind of, you know, really relying on each other and like so thankful just to like feel good again. And, uh, yeah, it was great. I trained with him. So I was now back to like basically full training. Like I used to probably training harder than I ever had in my entire life, to be honest, and more consistently. And that's when I started being like, okay, I'm competing again. We went on vacation after the Olympia. We went, we went to, did we go to Mexico? We went to Mexico. You eat Christopher. We had a little all-inclusive Mexico vacay. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, more fun, I think, for Ian and I than you and Christopher, but that's okay. Because you guys were drinking and like loving and like falling all over each other. And, you know, Christopher, that's really, well, listen, after the Olympia, it's hard for Christopher to drink. That's a whole separate He was topic. also in a lot of pain on that trip. Like he was having yeah. fucking neck issues and stuff, yeah, wasn't he? neck the alcohol. He just can't. He's just like a broken baby sometimes. Yeah. No, especially after a show, he needs time to kind of get back to baseline, you know? Yes. But, um, that was when I was like, I felt like I was ready mentally to get back on stage. Um, yeah. and then I decided to get new boobs. Oh yeah. <laughs> I so, remember that. Oh my yeah, God. So, so much happened. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. We got back to Canada we had to quarantine and then we redid our kitchen. So we were living at Christopher's house. Yes. Which was kind of rough to be honest. I felt bad because that was like, I I had so much fun with you guys. I don't know. I feel like it was like a tight squeeze and we were quarantining and it was winter and it was just like blah. All the dogs. Um, It would get dark at 4 PM. We couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. (laughs) But like, it was still all right. Like it was just like, life, you know, January and February are never really that fun in Canada. Um, then I got my boobs done and then I started getting ready for, uh, a show. Mm -hmm. And that's when we came down to, wait, is that, no. When did we go to Florida? Yeah, it was like August. I think you got your boobs in February. Yeah. March, April, May, June. Oh, we went to Vancouver. Remember we went to Vancouver? Oh, yeah. But at this point, like like your mental health, everything, you felt good. Mm-hmm. You were good. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. obviously you had to recover from a surgery, but you didn't like th- – even after mm-hmm. surgery, you didn't like gain mm-hmm. a ton of weight. Like you felt mm-hmm. – right? Like, like you felt – you were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, everything was good. And um, then – yeah. And then we went to Vancouver because like – Ottawa, the part of Canada that you guys live, for those who don't know, like shut down. It was still like crazy Yeah, COVID, everything was closed. So we went to Vancouver for six weeks. We trained at West Coast and then we came back and then you guys mm-hmm. moved to Florida. Yeah. And Ian had shows. Ian did Tampa and Texas. And again, we were just going as units and I was prepping. Um... And I was trying to pick a show, but I was trying to pick it around his. And I was kind of like, I don't know. I kept procrastinating picking a show. And you did. I did. Yeah. I, I kept pushing it and like. But it's not because you looked bad because Mel, you were in show shape. She was ready to go. Like yeah. you were, you were ready, yeah. like shredded. And 
that took from like 2019 till 2021 that took that was like a progressive like mm -hmm. slow, slow and steady very slow and you don't remember like killing yourself for that right like obviously oh no 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 no, eating, no 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 you no. were kind of you were still drinking your coffee with all your milk mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you were good yeah it wasn't like i wasn't it wasn't extreme dieting by any means you know what i mean yeah um yeah, I kept procrastinating picking a show. And again, I didn't really feel like I knew why. And people kept trying to tell me, not people, sorry, Ian. And I think Christopher said, like, don't like not do a, sh like pick a show because you're scared, you know, scared of failing or having a repeat of the Arnold or whatever. And I really, like, I heard them and I respected that, but I didn't really feel like that's what was happening. But I also didn't really understand, like, why I was having such a hard time, like, committing to doing, like, a specific show. Yeah. Um, anyways, long story short, it became a very long year of me being um, on prep. Yeah. And then my body started kind of fighting back. And I remember yeah. I started to get my period and I never, like, I don't get a period when I'm in show shape like that. So yeah. I was kind of like confused. I started getting, um, I think I found like a pimple on my lat or something. And I remember, I remember like this. showing it to you Ian and I'm like, freaked out. this is not like, I'm like, this is not okay. Like there's a fucking pimple on my lap right now. Like this is, I need, this is wrong. And I started freaking out. And then, um, I started having like these nutso food cravings too. Like there, it was like control. It was controlling me. It, it became, I could feel myself going into that like psycho food obsession, you know, mindset. And, uh, my body was very inflamed. Like I remember like feeling like really like I was still in good shape, obviously, but I just all of a sudden started to look like, like my face especially didn't even look like I was dieting. Um, and then I decided to hang it up because I just, it, I felt like it had been too long. My body was fighting it and I didn't, I didn't want to like, continue weeks more of pushing this this kind of prep and yeah. my body fight back yeah and you so, think this was this was hormonal like you felt like hormonally something was going on because like 100. your period came back you like are freaking out like 100 feeling inflamed yeah i remember mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. a lot of stress like there was just your body was tired mm -hmm. and, so you decided uh, to yeah yeah i hung it up yeah and I'm not even joking you within probably 10 days of, of making that decision, my body, um, like dropped all the water, like started like being normal again. Yeah. And so I don't know if it was like stress, pressure, whatever was going on in, at the time, but like, that was like the right decision at that time. 100%. Yeah. Um, and then I had a I had to deal with a lot of stuff in 2022, so that just wasn't the right time in my life to compete. Yeah. It wasn't even really a decision. It just wasn't the right time. And then this year came around, and I started um, 
like I got fired up. I was like, yes, we're going to do Toronto. And I started prep in, I don't know, January. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, now I'm 32 now. Okay. And I want to have children. So what I decided was that I was going to start prep and I was going to start dieting very slowly. Calories were still around like 2,800. Fats were high. Um, cardio was 30 minutes a day, very low impact. Um, and I was going to start that. And at the same time, I had spoken to my doctor about going to a fertility clinic to get my eggs looked at to see how I was doing fertility wise for me to be able to have a baby at one point in my life. That's like the biggest, most important thing for my entire life that I want to do and accomplish. Yeah. Which again, some people might be like, oh, but that's, that's very true for who I am as a woman. That is the biggest, what I feel like is my biggest purpose and my biggest goal is to have a family. So I decided to kind of have a soft prep to start and then wait to see what my fertility was looking like. And if it was healthy, then I would go ahead and I would do my prep and then it would be my last year competing. Yeah. And then I would start the next journey of having a family. Um, If my fertility wasn't looking so healthy, I wasn't going to prep because I was like, okay, like I'm not going to put my body through this huge hormonal shut off again and then expect it to bounce back and everything be okay, right? Yeah. So I did that. which is again, me trying to like control all these things I feel. And, uh, my doctor was very supportive. She was amazing. She referred me to the Ottawa fertility clinic and I made my appointment and, uh, I, I started having this like extreme anxiety. I couldn't sleep. I was waking up at 3am and I was having like just racing thoughts of like, what, like, what are you doing? What's next in life? You're so old, like you're behind, like just weird, weird things. Yeah. And I wasn't really in tune with like what I wanted or what was right for me at this moment in time, at, at this stage in my life. And, um, I woke up, well, no, I woke up at 3am and I was having these thoughts and I kind of tried to go back to sleep and I couldn't. So I got out of bed at like five in the morning And I kind of like sat and like just was alone with my thoughts, like thinking about what I was doing and what's important to me and who I want to be and trying to picture my life in six months, in a year, in two years and what it looks like and who, what I look like, who I am as a person. And I started realizing that it has nothing to do with bodybuilding and there's no space anymore in my life for that. Wow. So (laughs) Ian woke up and I kind of looked at him and I was like, I have to talk to you. Like I have, I've been having this anxiety and I had this realization and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, kind of like, Holy fuck. What's like, what are you, what's coming? And I was like, I don't think I want to compete. 
And he was like, okay, when? And I was like, ever again. And he was like, okay, why? And I was like, I don't want to do that to my body anymore. I don't even want to look like that anymore. That's just not who I want to be anymore. And he looked at me and he was like, as long as that is your reason and it's not because you're scared of failure, then I think that is the best decision you can make for yourself. And I am so happy for you. And I just like started crying. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I kind of said to him, I was like, listen, a really hard part of making, there's a lot of reasons why this decision was really hard for me. Number one, the last time I was on stage was a very big disappointment. It's really hard to close the chapter or close the book and that be the last chapter for me. It's really, it's really hard and I wish it wasn't like that, but that's how it is. Um, another thing is my husband, as well as my brother, who are probably the two people in my life that I feel the most connected to do this. And it's a huge factor that I do it too, and that we can train together and that we can prep together and that we, you know, like it's, even though it's been years since we've done it, that's like a really big thing for me and for our relationship. So that was really hard for me. Um, and I kind of had to look at Ian and be like, just so you know, like, I still want to be a part of like, I still yeah. come to the gym with you, but like, I'm not going to train with you anymore because I don't want to be this muscular. I don't want to be this inflamed. I don't want to like feel like this all the time. I want to focus on my femininity and my vitality as a woman and my fertility and all these things that when you really think about it are the opposite of females competing in bodybuilding, which maybe it's bad to say that I'm not knocking the sport at all. I love, I love what bodybuilding brought to me, but it's not aligned with this stage in my life. Yeah. Mel, like to be able to sit with yourself and ask like, Hey, what do I want? What feels good for me? What, how do I see myself? What is aligned is something like a lot of people don't do. Like we, we don't like, we kind of just, you know, I need to do this or I need to show up this kind of way on social media. I need to do X job or X thing, but we don't like take time to ask ourselves what we want. So all of this, like intuition and waking up and like not feeling like, like, or speaking to Ian, like, Hey, you know, you need to be aligned and you need to do this, but then not feel it yourself and have all these feelings come up. So to be able to like sit with yourself and be like, okay, well, like what does Melissa want and come to this decision based out of what do you want rather than like, oh, I'm scared or I'm fearful. Like what, you know, what if it happens again? Like it did in 2019 Arnold and have all of these like fearful thoughts. It's like, no, I'm making this decision as an empowering decision moving forward because this is the person I want to be and this is what I care about and this is what I want. Mm -hmm. So I'm really proud of you as a friend, 
as your sister, like seriously, because that takes a lot of strength to do. And there are things even in my life that I'm indecisive about when I reach to like other people to like ask when I know the answer, I know mm-hmm. what feels right. But like mm-hmm. we, a lot of us don't sit with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, oh, well, we should be this way on social media. We should do this because this person would like this. And it's like, no, no. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel now with this decision? Like, like, cause this is fairly recent. This is like what, three weeks recent? Yeah. Four weeks. Right? Yeah. Four weeks. Like right now, are you, you don't have any second thoughts. You're not like, oh, maybe I do want to. You're like firm in this is what I'm doing and that's it. Listen, it's, it's weird because I still see, like I still follow so many female competitors, you know what I mean? And I still see them training and, you know, like in show shape and like all these things are like in their suits. And I still get this kind of like yearning, you know, like, oh, like, I love that. Like, that's so beautiful. I love feeling like that. I love doing that. Like, there's this like, I don't want to say envy, but there's like this yearning, but it's in no way making me change my decision or, or regret like choosing to retire. You know what I mean? There's not, there's nothing in my heart or in my mind or in my body that is like thinking that that is, that's not, that's not for me anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And how good does it feel to feel that? Like to actually feel that like powerfully and be like, yeah, it's just not for me. I feel, um, I feel more like powerful. I feel like even me being able to process this and make this decision and be so confident about it is kind of, it's changed my perception on a lot of like how I, how I move in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I used to, not used to, I probably still will and still do make a lot of decisions in the mindset of like lack. So like I don't have something going on, so I want to compete or I, I don't have the body that I want, so I want to compete. And I'm like making these decisions in like a, a place of lack when I actually need to make decisions from a place of abundance. So if I'm sitting here and I'm like, you have everything that you need, now what do you want? It's not that anymore. Yeah. And if That's I'm so actually if I'm actually to be like, okay, you have everything that you need, what do you want now? It makes me a lot more excited and a lot less scared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Well, I love you. I appreciate you so much for sharing and I support you a thousand percent. And I know the only person that matters is you, you, like your decision. You know, obviously like Ian too, but like it's coming from you and that's the best feeling. And Mm -hmm. okay. I have some questions for you. I want to (laughs) ask. I have them. uh, They can be 
like as elaborate as you want. You can keep it short. You can dive in. Like there's only a few. And if you don't want to answer one, we'll just skip it. Okay. So here <laughs> we go. Answer, can I ask? I'll answer them all. Yeah. Okay. So the first one, because I want to like start off on a high note, because this is like, a, this was a big part of your life for a mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what was your best memory looking back on this chapter of your life competing. It's either when I won my first pro show. No, it's definitely when I won my first pro show. Why? And I, uh, I'm going to cry. Oh, I just remember coming out from backstage and, uh, like Ian was standing there and my parents were there and there was just like, I don't know, there was just like so much joy and so much pride. You know what I mean? And like. I don't know. There's like something really, I don't know what it is. I'm sure you feel it too, but like, I feel like when you make your husband proud, it's just like such a big emotion. Like I just, and I know I make him proud doing other things, but I just remember winning my first show and he, I just came out and he was like standing there and I like walked down the hall and he was just like, so like beaming, you know what I mean? And like, I didn't even really I was happy that I won and I was kind of shocked. But like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, wow. Like you did, you did, you did a good job, you know? Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a huge moment. And just having them there with you. Okay. Yeah. Next one. What are the biggest takeaways you got out of the sport? Your like your final outcome for anything, for life, for the smallest task, for you like painting your room, like anything, like if you put everything into it and you like leave it all on the floor, it is the most satisfying feeling ever. And you 100% as like the leader of your life have the opportunity to show up and like put in a hundred percent effort and you are the one that's going to reap the extreme benefit of feeling the success after completing something like that. And I don't, yeah. I didn't really understand that before. You know what I mean? Cause like when you're getting ready for a show, it's all you, you're the one yeah. waking up, doing the cardio, going to train, eating your food. Like it's all you. And if you do everything right, you can be, it doesn't even matter how you place or like, you just feel so fucking accomplished. Like you feel you so badass. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause there's no one else that can do the job for you. You can't no. pay someone to like train for no. you, eat for you, Mm-mm. get up at six, five, four, do the second round of cardio, do the extra training session. Like it's literally all you. Mm-hmm. So it is a fucking phenomenal feeling and like beyond rewarding. To yeah, to do I, it, and I think it you just realize how capable you are as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah, like how much you can actually accomplish if you just try. Yeah, I don't think I yeah. really understood that fully before I competed. Yeah, I would have to agree with you. 
yeah. it's extreme like discipline and effort to like another level. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. This one. I know we've kind of touched on this, but how do you take care of your health and fitness moving forward? What does that look like for you? <laughs> Good question. Right? I uh, I didn't know. You know what I mean? Because this is this is how I have trained since I started working out. This is 11 years of me hypertrophy resistance training, trying to get stronger every week. This is how I train. Like yeah. one body part a day, do the week and then start again. This is this is all I know. Yeah. And uh that's different for me right now because I don't I would like to lose an extreme amount of muscle from my upper body. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to be as big as I am up top anymore. I don't want to be super shredded. I don't want to be super jacked. Like it's very different. So my training is going to look different, but it's hard because I felt, I felt like a badass going into the gym and lifting heavy. I would train and I'd be like, oh, you're a badass bitch. You know what I mean? I'd put yeah. on like Nicki Minaj and I'd be like, oh, you are so fucking strong. You are so fucking cool. And uh, it was hard after I decided to kind of stop and to change my training Yeah, because I felt like I was going to lose that feeling. I felt like I was going to lose that like badass feeling. And it's not the training that is badass. It's me. That's a fucking badass. So no matter what I decide to do in there, I'm, I am that, I am that feeling. Oh, so that's good. I did. I didn't train for three weeks. All I, I did cardio. So I was doing like light walks and stuff like that, but I didn't go to the gym cause I didn't know what to do. And, uh, then I really started craving that feeling of like struggle you know, of like mm. pushing a set to failure, to like not being able to breathe, to feeling like you're going to throw up. Like I started craving that. Yeah. Um, so I was like, how am I going to get that again? Like I, I need that. I want that. That's like a huge part of my like dopamine hits every day. You know what I mean? It's yes. important to me. So then I started um, circuit training and I'm like, that's just what I'm vibing right now. Good. Yeah, so I'm cir you. I'm circuit training I would say 2 to 4 times a week depending on the week because my body's like not really recovering really great right now and I'm trying yeah. to listen to it and honor it. Yeah. Um but like I can't breathe, you know what I mean? I'm like literally like struggling to like finish these circuits and it's like a very empowering feeling. Yeah. And it's also a scary feeling to know something and that be your only thing you know, like bodybuilding training for you for 11 years. This is all I know. This is like mm -hmm. all I've done. Mm -hmm. And then be like, all right, let's, let's switch it up. Let's like, let's try something new. That's, that's cool too. And you can always go back to bodybuilding and then mm -hmm. go back to do something new. And it's, it's like forever changing, but you are the badass because you're the one doing it. So yeah. I love that. It's it's hard on the ego too because like you're used to going in and like knowing, you know? Yes. Like I know how to use these machines. I know like what the form is. I know how to push myself. Like and now I'm going in there and I'm doing these like things that like 
I'm not really good at them. I look might yeah. look a little awkward when I'm trying to like go down the fucking turf, you know, <laughs> like it's not. <laughs> so my ego is kind of like, oh shit. But then I'm kind of, I don't know. I just don't give a shit anymore. That's good, Mel. I'm oh my God. Like, I feel like that kind of like I want to try CrossFit, but I'm like, ooh, I know fuck all. And I would, and your brother's like, ah, uh, you, you don't have the body for CrossFit. I'm like, I just want to like maybe try it. Like just like, what try. does he like, mean I, you don't have the body for it? I don't know. Like you just need to be like fucking like powerful. And I just feel he, you know, I'm kind of like a little lanky and shit. Like my arms are really long and a little like wobbly. And like you just have to be like, it's like just a very like powerful, like intense. I don't know. And he's just like, ah, I don't know. And I'm like, I should just fucking like put my ego aside because mm-hmm. that would make me feel the same. It's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I have no idea what Metcon for mm-hmm. all these fucking things. Like, I don't know, but mm-hmm. just to like do it and put yourself out there. So I love that. And what about your nutrition? Just kind of like listening to your body. No. I, you you <laughs> like to eat healthy. You do though. Yes, I do. I'm just like your eating. salads and shit. I'm eating pretty low calorie. I can't lie. Yeah. Why? By choice or just like not thinking about food? So you're just kind of like – because like bodybuilding is like you think about – not think about food, but it's like you have to eat. Like you're on meal two, three, four, five, six. Like it's very regimented. Well, yes. But the goal right now is to lose body fat and then obviously lose muscle. And Mm -hmm. that's not going to be like – that's not going to come from me eating at a maintenance calories. Like I'm going to need to eat at a deficit. Yeah. So right now, like honestly, protein is quite, quite low. Carbs are pretty low. And then I would say fats are higher than I'm used to, but I'm kind of just like eating what I want to a certain extent. Like, you know how to, you know how it is. Like, I know yeah. what my maintenance is. I know what I need to eat to, to drop pounds and I'm doing that, but I'm eating the same foods that I always eat. Yeah. Like you, you, Mel got me hooked on like oatmeal at night, like little oatmeal bowls at night mm-hmm. with like little mm-hmm. <laughs> raspberries and all this sh- all this shit ton of almond butter, but like things like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Next question, which we kind of like touched on. So I don't know if this is like, well, let me just ask it. What are the biggest challenges you faced during your time competing? Like if you could name like three things, like what would, what would it be? Body body dysmorphia, mm. um, rebounding off of a diet, and uh, I don't know. Those are two huge ones. Yeah, that's probably. Or, I don't. Yeah, those are. I didn't really struggle with other shit, but that I mean. <laughs> Those, Those are like things your... are still with me. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. worry. You're not, you're not alone. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel you straight mm-hmm. up. And I think a lot of women, even just not the who don't compete, right? Like are not even in – or just like the comparing the body. To, it's everything. It's just mm-hmm. – mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's also like it's very hard for me at least to eat on such a restricted diet and not start to kind of get these like eating disorder tendencies. So I found that I started my diet this year. And as soon as I knew that I had to eat what was written on the page, I started being consumed with the idea of the foods that I could not eat. 
Yeah. And I don't, now that I know I can eat whatever I want, I, I don't, but I don't think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, so oh. I don't think for my mind anymore, I can eat such a restricted, uh, restrictive diet. I don't think it's healthy for me right now in my life. Yeah. I love that. Real mm -hmm. honesty. Okay. Last one. We're going to end it with a banger. What would you tell younger Melissa when she first started? Competing? Yeah. Like if you were giving advice to like 23-year-old Melissa as 32-year-old Melissa, you know, like if you were giving advice to your younger self, like of someone just starting in the industry or just starting with their fitness journey, like what would you, what would you tell that like young girl? That's a big question. Shit. I don't even think I could answer that. I'm trying to think. I would say slow down and prioritize um, emotional regulation over everything. I think if you're like in this cycle of like prep, off season, prep, off season, these things like mental health and emotional regulation just like get ignored. And I think it's not, it's so important to like do stuff like that, to like talk about stuff like that, even just with yourself. Like you don't, honestly, for me, a huge part of my self growth is like having inner dialogue about what is going on in my body and in my mind. And I, I never did that before. I yeah. never did that. Yeah. Oh, I love that answer. That's mm -hmm. like nothing to do with like the physical either, which I love. Like I don't, don't eat low calories. It's like, or like, you know, don't eat, don't starve yourself. It's like, no, like mental health. Getting, yeah, get but in touch all that, that stuff, obviously it's important, but like those things can be fixed. You know what I mean? Like there's mm -hmm. always, your body wants to be healthy. Your body is always going to want to return to homeostasis. But you need to be able to be in tune enough with your body and your emotions and yourself to know when to pull back, to yeah. know when to push, to know when to do these things. And if you're just constantly going and you don't slow down, you're never going to, you're going to miss these like cues. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I love that. Thank you. Those are my questions. Thank you. <laughs> You're so cute. <laughs> I have them written down. I was like, oh, I got to think of like some really juicy stuff. But like your story is phenomenal. And I'm proud of you, Mel. And I appreciate you sharing and opening up about this because like I know this was like a big decision for you. It really was. Like it was hard. Like I know you wanted to end your career on like this high and you're like mm – -hmm. You didn't end on a high, you know? You, I nope. mean, you did because this is coming from like an internal place. So like you making this choice actually is a extremely positive, beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. But as far as like your last show and redeeming yourself and all these things and wanting to prove to yourself, you like – you you prioritize like actually listening to Melissa. And mm -hmm. I think that is like so important for a lot mm -hmm. of people to hear that. Like in, in anything, you know? Yeah. I think we always know, you know, yeah. we always know what the right choice is and what we want and what we need, but there's so much like feedback. There's so much static. There's so much noise that if we don't actually take the time to like 
try to figure it out without listening to all that other shit. We just end up kind of going down this like path that's not really the right one. I don't know. Yeah. No, you're so right. There's a lot of things that, I don't know, I just look at like decision making so differently now because I'm like, oh my God, was I making choices for the right reasons? Damn, girl, you're you're like you're inspiring me on this. I'm feeling oh, inspired right now. No, no seriously, I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you off mic. Uh, but, you, but yeah, there's just yeah. Ooh. Okay, good. Well, next, no, I just talked for a fucking hour and thirty minutes. I hate myself. Who cares, Melissa? This is a big thing, and like honestly, like this is our time. You know, this is our time to just like connect and share and like fuck. You know, you know, we could easily listen to a 90 minute podcast yeah Yeah. sorry guys but like not you know well next week i'm gonna interview you okay i'm ready (laughs) i think Um, uh i i was talking to court last week after we recorded the first episode and i said i wanted to get this out early but then i also want to do kind of this like get to know us yeah. For you guys. So I want to interview Courtney and I want her to kind of like share her story and who she is, like biography style. And then I want her to do the same for me because yes. I feel like, I mean, as we started this podcast, this is a good way to close it, that social media is cool and like it's fun to share, but you also don't really know a lot about us. Mm-mm. And I feel like it's a good way for us to start the first few episodes of Giver that you can get to know us. So I'm going to interview her biography style next week. And she's going to, she's going to talk about some, some shit. Juicy stuff. Yeah. No, I love that. That's like, that's a great way to close it. I'm here for it. Can't wait. Okay guys. Thank you for listening to me for 90 minutes. Talk about myself. And I'm sorry if it was rambly, but this is kind of a new decision and I'm kind of, um, I'm very convicted in it, but it's new and it's, it's, I'm still processing it a little bit. So it might've been a little messy and not super clear, but I hope it was all right. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys. Thank you, Mel. And we will see you guys next week or the week after next week. week. (laughs) We will see you next week. (laughs) Bye guys. Bye.